The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use the promo code NFCBEAST for 15% off. That's active until the Eagles or the Giants lose their next game. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. I'm raising the ante. Anybody wants it again. NFL Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's Monday, so it must mean that he is Ryan McIntyre. I am Rod Gomez, and we are here to look back on the week that was in the NFL. Week 7, that was, uh, let's just say, pretty entertaining to some and not for others. Most of all, Ryan, buddy, you got to win. The Commanders win this week. It is a victory Monday for me, Rod. Uh, Washington wins outright, beats Green Bay. Uh, my dog, Carolina, upsets Tampa Bay. So, And I even tweeted it out before the game. I, I put a Moneyline dog parlay with Washington and Carolina paying 15-1. to 1. We're, we're just in 2022 where Taylor Heineke and P.J. Walker beat Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Welcome to the NFL, everybody. It's just, it, it seems like week after, week after week, we're just seeing some incredibly amazing things happen in the NFL. And when Cooper Rush can keep the Dallas Cowboys afloat, you know anything is possible in 2022. Uh, again, a full slate of games, and we are here to break them down for you. And of course, seems to be everybody's favorite segment of the show, uh, the look-ahead lines for not week eight, but week nine. We're trying to get you up on the early lines for a couple of weeks in advance. Yeah, no, and we will recap what we gave out for week eight uh, right before we preview week number nine, but we continuously keep giving out uh, look-ahead lines that we beat the line movement before the line moves. So this follow our lead, and we'll beat the line movement for you. Indeed, we will. All right, well, let's go all the way back to Thursday, as we always do, and check out the first game of the weekend, or the week, rather, it was finally, Ryan, finally a Thursday night game we could get behind. It was the Arizona Cardinals taking on the New Orleans Saints, Arizona at home. Absolutely putting on a show for us. 42-34, the final there. But more importantly, Ryan, points were scored in a Thursday night game. <laughs> yeah, no, finally we got an over in a Thursday night game. Weird game because New Orleans dominated the first half, and then all of a sudden it was 14-6 to six outside the two-minute warning, and then Andy Dalton throws two pick sixes, and then Arizona's in front, and then they held off New Orleans with the late uh, push to try and cover it back door, but Arizona moves to three and four, New Orleans two and five, but you're still in the race because the NFC South isn't going anywhere with how bad that division is. It Boy, I tell you what. It's, it's so crazy to me. First of all, the way that game swung. I mean, obviously, you came out, you thought, oh, my God, well, this is actually going to be a, a blowout, too, and we may be watching a, a very bad game as Arizona can't get it started. Well, that defense sure bailed them out, and honestly, I'm still not necessarily all that impressed with what, with what Arizona's putting out there. So, I mean, you tell me, is this still a team that we're, we're going to take uh, uh, seriously going forward or what? I'm not because – Everybody knows Cliff Kingsbury. They know the history of him. He usually is good in the first half. For them to be three and four last year, they're seven and zero. Oh. Second half, Cliff Kingsbury's coming. Second half, Kyler Murray's coming. So I'll be fading the Cardinals probably starting about November one. But uh, yeah, no. For the time being, though, they got they got a much needed win. So New Orleans. I mean, we know Andy Dalton. And look, to be honest with you, I thought he was done. I thought literally they would pull him and there would be no way he's going to play in the second half. No, he comes back out in the second half. So, I mean, what are we doing now? Like, Andy Dalton is the future, I guess, or are they going to try to kick the tires on anybody else at this point? 
I think you got to go back to Jameis, but I don't know the health status of Jameis Winston. I, I mean, I didn't think they lost much with Andy Dalton, but I think kind of with these backup quarterbacks, you get them in a, in a three, four game sample size, and then there's more and more film on them. Andy Dalton's limited at this stage in his career. We know what he is. He's a game manager. He did his job for the most part. He kept him competitive, but it's time to go back to Jameis Winston, but he's got to be healthy. Yeah, well, I, to be honest with you, I don't know. This New Orleans team leaves me questioning a lot of things as well. So, uh, obviously, Arizona coming in as one point, eh, two and a half point favorites, depending on where you found them. Obviously, they cover that. Uh, whatever over under doesn't even matter at this point. They crushed it because there's no way that they would have put it over over 70 points, but that's where we're at. So, um, over under was at 43 and a half. Absolutely killed it, uh, or 44, depending on where you got it. So, uh, yeah, a good day for Arizona betters, not so much for the uh, Saints as well. All right, let's move over to the next game. Starting on Sunday, where the Dallas Cowboys played host to the Detroit Lions, and Detroit, their woes continue, my friend. Continue. They are now 1-5. Dallas improves to 5-2, and two, and they welcome back Dak Prescott, and then some, uh, winning 24-6, to six, covering their seven-point spread in the process, but... Uh, you know, Dallas, happy to have uh, Dak Prescott back. But Dak Prescott wasn't even all that effective in this game. No, I mean, he was a game manager, kind of like Cooper Rush, going 19-25. to 25. Uh, They were good on the ground with Pollard going for 12 for 83, almost seven yards a carry. It seems like he always has a better yards per carry than Zeke, but they continuously give Zeke more carries for some reason. Maybe it's just because of the checkbook, uh, how much they're paying Zeke. But for the Cowboys... They struggled in this game, but they found a way to win behind that defense. Detroit, man, I keep saying this. Like, at some point, you got to start winning some games, and it's going to start getting late early for Dan Campbell over there. Jared Goff, 21-26, two interceptions. They couldn't get the run game going either. 15 carries for Jamal Williams, 79 yards, and a game where DeAndre Swift is not in the game. I mean, look, when your main pass catcher is Khalif Raymond, with five catchers for 75 yards, you're in trouble. Yeah, no, I mean, it, for Detroit, it's been inconsistency. I mean, what earlier in the year, we thought offensively they were going to be a juggernaut coming out scoring 30, 40 points a game. But in the last two games, going back to before the bye, six combined points in the last eight quarters. So they got to find something with this offense. Jared Goff is almost back on Jared Goff Sucks Island, as Ryan and Sean would say. <laughs> I, I think he's pretty much uh, building his house on there right now. The construction is underway as he permanently encamps himself on that island. Uh, yeah, again, it, this just was not... It was closer than the score dictates, but yet still not at the same time. So a very frustrating start to the season as Detroit makes a bid to become uh, the number one pick in the 2023 NFL draft. Over-under on this one, around 49 and a half, 49. Obviously, well under. And and again, given what we saw out of Detroit early in the season, it's a little surprising to see that we're, we're hitting unders now in week seven. So I, I'm definitely, yeah, not, it, it's crazy. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, we thought this was going to be a good offensive team, but all of a sudden the offense has become the issue in Detroit. It's Jared Goff. I, I think that's, listeners <laughs> of the SGPN know exactly the stance of, of us on Jared Goff, so we know how that rolls. Um, all yes. right, but what does this mean now? Obviously, Dallas back with Dak Prescott. They're 5-2. and two. The NFC East is about as competitive as it's ever going to get at this point. So, I mean... Are they going to be able to keep pace is really what the question is from here on out. As you said in the early promo, the NFC beast. Uh, you got Philly 6-0, and New York 6-1. and Now Dallas is 5-2. and We'll see if Washington can even get into the winning record column after stringing the, together a couple wins. But I think Dallas is in a good spot. They weathered the storm when they lost Dak. They're 5-2. and um, They got a bye coming up. And then after that, they got, I'm sorry, I'm pulling up their schedule now. They got, sorry, they got Chicago this upcoming weekend. Then they go into the bye, get a little more healthy, and then they got Green Bay and Minnesota on the road back-to-back. -back. So I think Dallas is in a good spot. I, I don't know if they'll catch Philly, but I think they can push Philly going forward. I, the road through the to the NFC may very well lead into 
the e- NFC East territory. So, uh, hey, look at Rookin Warpig says Ravens yep. and New England both on the under and both to win. Interesting stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of those gambling things that you're like thinking to yourself, Ravens on the under. Eh, but we'll get there. We'll get there for sure, Mr. Warpig. Uh, let's move over to the NFC or the NFC East still. It's the New York Giants now. Six and one. Holy cow. We got a happy booth over there in the mothership uh, as they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Did we not? I, I, did we call this? I, don't, I know we want to jump ahead too far, but did we call this? I, I believe at somewhere I, I, I know I said that the Giants were my dog pick for the week because I don't understand why they weren't the favorites against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Two and five now on the season for the Jaguars. They were two and four when they answered this game. Five and one against the Giants. No love. For New York and their football giants, they did come out on top, twenty-three to seventeen. They were three and a half point underdogs. Ryan, I, I riddle me that. You know, you know, there's a lot of games when you forgot what even your underdog graph was for <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, you gave out the Giants on the NFL Pod graphic that we tweet out every Sunday. So go follow our Twitter page. We had a good day as a team yesterday for the NFL Gambling Podcast. But yeah, no, another win for those New York football giants. It's simple. The Giants are finding ways to win, and the Jaguars are finding ways to lose. Kramer said it best. The Jaguars are a losing organization, and they're finding ways to lose. Well, and they I don't know if the Jacksonville Jaguars want that first pick, too. I mean, uh, they're either going to try to absolutely keep in, in line with Dallas, or Detroit, rather, to get that first pick, or they're just going to continue to just tank. I mean, even in a day where Trevor Lawrence throws for 310 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, it just, you know, it's got to be a frustrating day for that. Daniel Jones, 202 yards and a touchdown on 19 completions, and yet still comes away with the win. Uh, I got to tell you right now, Darius Slayton, that was a pretty, uh, pretty pass that he caught as well. You know, these Giants, they're scrappy, and they're going to continue to win, and they're going to continue to find ways to win. So I don't know that you can count them out either going forward. No, I mean they moved to six and one overall, six and one against the spread, and they're developing a little bit of a, an identity. I think. I mean, running the ball with Saquon Barkley, he goes for 12, uh, 12, 24 carries for one hundred ten yards, four and a half yards a carry. And how about Dan Jones, eleven carries for one hundred seven, so over two hundred yards on the rushing attack for those G men. They're a physical team, and they find ways to win with Brian Dayball at, on the sidelines. And they're going to continue to do so. Uh, the over-under on this one was 43-and-a-half. Did not get there. Even if you got it at, uh, well, that was about it. That was the lowest you can get. It was about 43-and-a-half. Didn't reach that. Uh, barely got to 40. It, it, well, not really surprising given that, you know, these these Giants, they love ball control. Like you said, a lot of rushing yards going into that win. So, obviously, that's a lot of clock getting chewed up. But I guess the most important takeaway here is the Giants continue to roll, even as underdogs at 6-and-1. I think they would rather be. Uh, counted out early so they can continue to just show up and play with a chip on their on their shoulder, which I think they will. And I mean, it's gonna they're gonna run into another loss here sooner rather than later. But at the same time, uh, a confident New York Giants team is pretty good. Yeah, and now they go to a showcase game on Sunday at those first place Seattle Seahawks. So we got the Giants at six and one, and the Seahawks at four and three. Who would have thought we would, that would be a game to circle on the week eight schedule? Turn the knife, why don't you? Just just keep turning that <laughs> knife. Uh, NFC friggin' West, Seattle Seahawks. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, all right, let's go from my dog to my lock of the week, which was the Tennessee Titans taking on the Indianapolis Colts. They were two and a half point, or two, yeah, two and a half, two point favorites were the Tennessee Titans. They lived up to their end of the bargain, winning against Indianapolis 19 to 10. Tennessee, four and two. Indy, three, three and one. Uh, I don't know, and I think we I might have talked about this somewhere else too, but I don't know why this line was as small as it was. Indy, yeah, okay, but they beat the Chiefs, but they have not really looked impressive otherwise. One of the bigger stories coming out of this now is that Matt Ryan, no longer the quarterback there in Indianapolis. So, trouble times for the Colts now, or, or what's going on? Yeah, how about that? Right before this show, the news breaks that Sam Ellinger will be the new man in Indy. If for some reason, it's it's five in a row now. The Titans just own the Colts. Vrabel owns Frank Reich. I mean, Tannehill didn't even do anything, but they just find a way to win games after that slow 0-2 start. They've clawed back. They're 4-2 behind Derrick Henry. He was Derrick Henry again, the king. 30 carries for 130 yards, over four yards a carry. 
they got an identity in Tennessee. They're just going to out tough you and find a way to win a, win games. And, and again, at four and two, that's what they're doing right now. And that's the kind of team that I think is going to be trouble down the stretch. Maybe not for the Chiefs and the Bills of the world, but at the very least for everybody else that's fighting for another playoff spot, they're going to give them some trouble uh, down the road, especially if they continue to run the ball as well as they do. The Colts miss Jonathan Taylor. Something awful. And without him, that's a completely different team. He actually played yesterday. Well, I know, he, but he only yeah, but he only had ten carries, like Ex- you said. Exactly. So he played, he played, but he wasn't Jonathan Taylor. So they got to get him going back. No matter who's playing quarterback, whether it's Ellinger, Nick Foles is the new backup, and Indy. So a name from the past. But it's the Titans have taken grasp on this AFC South. The Colts are, it's tough, man. They they they've already played five division games and they've lost three of them. So. They've dug themselves an early hole. I don't think they're going to be able to dig themselves out of it either. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to say they were missing him off the f- off the field. They were missing him on the field. He's just yeah, gone. Yeah, like no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like he's gone. There's nowhere to be seen. This guy that we everybody drafted uh, as one of the first picks in the fantasy drafts. Like he's not performing to that level at all. Uh, over under on this was 43 and a half. Obviously, did not get there. But once again, much like the Giants, the Tennessee ground control game keeps that in check uh, all right before we move on to the next game of the week let us take a step back and tell you about our sponsors WinBet. you thinking of joining WinBet? well bet a hundred dollars and get a hundred dollar free bet if you're looking to join the WinBet biggest winners club whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet odds wise gets a one thousand dollar free bet WinBet is truly hashtag dgens only plus use WinBet's build your own bet to build some amazing same game parlays so much to choose from all you got to do head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash w-y-n-n-b-e-t to claim your free bet today offer subject to chain terms and conditions winbet.com must be 21 or older and present state replay through WinBet is available if you or somebody you know as a gambling call call 1-800-522- Four seven zero zero. All right, let's continue on into the Sunday morning games. Cincinnati Bengals hang on to uh, at least whatever could be a good season for them at four and three now as they beat the Atlanta Falcons. Those scrappy Atlanta Falcons, Ryan. Here lies the end of our scrappy Atlanta cover uh, moves over here as the Bengals again, 35-17 over the Falcons. Atlanta, six and a half point underdogs. We touted them a lot saying that they that all they do is cover until they don't, and they did not this time. Yeah, rest in peace, the perfect season. Uh, everybody's like, what, the Eagles didn't play yesterday? No, the Falcons, 6-0 and ATS streak finally comes to an end at those Bengals. On the other side, man, those Bengals are starting to hit their stride. Jamar Chase is back. Eight catches, 130, two touchdowns. He could have had more. Um, him, and, him and Burrow together, that's a dynamite duo, man. They It looked like they were back in their LSU days or back in that AFC playoff chase last year. Bang, Bengals are a team to monitor going forward. You start to heat this team up, watch out. Mm-hmm. Like that's all there is yeah. to it. The, these guys are electric. Yeah. They've proven their offense is absolutely outstanding. And there's no way once you said, once they hit their stride, you probably should just go ahead and, and batten down because it's going to be a horse race between them, the chiefs and the bills. I think when it comes down to it at the end of the season, uh, especially if they can get going Tyler Boyd, like you said, man of the hour, eight catches, 155 yards and a touchdown, just 100% looking good. Uh, in this game. So, yeah, I mean, the Bengals' world, I think, and the rest of everybody's going to be living in it sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I know they fell to Baltimore a couple weeks ago in the head-to-head divisional matchup, but if you had to choose between Baltimore and Cincinnati right now, Cincinnati looks a lot better than Baltimore. Um, they The rematch will be actually in Week 18, the final game of the year, but that one will be back in Cincinnati for, for the Bengals, I mean, the schedule is pretty good going forward as well. You got Cleveland and Carolina and Pittsburgh. So the Bengals got a chance to go on a little run here, I think. Yeah, and again, just look out. They're 4-3 and three now. All they got to do is put a couple more together, stay stay close to the uh, 500 mark or even a few games above. And like I said, I think they're running off with this by the end of it. Uh, the over-under on this one uh, did not – it actually did hit. It was 48-and-a-half, so obviously – uh, it is safe, and, and that one went over. But again, I mean, with, with Cincinnati, 
shouldn't be surprised, right? Those guys definitely know how to score points and score points in bunches. So uh, everything all on the up and up for the Bengals, obviously covering their six and a half point spread and uh, hitting the over, but more importantly, walking away with the win. Yeah, no, I mean, you mentioned it, this offense, it's starting to hit their stride and they, they are, uh, is, I, let me ask you this question. Is Jamar Chase the best wide receiver in the NFL right now? Because every time I look up at, at the screen, he's scoring. He get, he gets open every play, and if they could just protect a little bit, Joe Burrow's going to find him. He's right there if if, he, if he's not already. I mean, he's uh, he. Some would throw Stephon Diggs in that mix, Justin Jefferson you know? right now. Um, I mean, you can't really say Cooper Cup anymore. But yeah, yeah, those those three I think are are some of the more dominant ones. Uh, in there right now, obviously, from week to week. And because the Bills' offense is so explosive, a lot of folks are probably throwing Stephon Diggs' name right up there anyways. So uh, mm-hmm. it's just a matter of, of whether or not you you think uh, Jamar Chase is up there. And I do, personally. Yes. I mean, but that's my point. He's put himself into that conversation. He's he second. He's only in his second year, and he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Well, on the Atlanta side of the ball, Mariota, a very Mariota-like day, 8 of 13, 124 and a touchdown. Tyler Algier gets into the end zone on 16 carries for 50 yards. Not bad. And then uh, (laughs) the one catch uh, by Demary Bird for 75 yards, that touchdown. He led the receivers in that matchup. So, (laughs) I don't know. Atlanta's scrappiness needs to find another gear, I guess. Yeah, and for the Falcons, this is you, they can't fall behind with the way that they want to run the ball. If they become one-dimensional where they, where everybody knows they need to throw the ball and they're just dropping Mariota back, then they're going to struggle. So this was kind of a game. Bad, they got off script in this game. If you're Pitts' manager, how many phone lines are you blowing <laughs> up? I, is that not the weirdest thing ever, that they cannot get him the ball or even try to get him the ball? It's not like he's not on the field. It's not, I mean, it, again, it's not like he's not a major presence on that field. And coverage can't even be a, a thing either because guys like that, you can throw open. You can find a way to get him involved. So, I don't know. I guess that's a discussion for a, a completely different uh, take on that. We'll leave that to the fantasy guys. Yeah, no, a lot of uh, fantasy owners want to shove Arthur Smith into a locker and <laughs> <laughs> and beat him up with uh, how little they're using Kyle Pitts in that offense right now. Absolutely frustrating. Uh, another team that's absolutely frustrating for most betters is the Cleveland Browns. They took on Baltimore, uh, and they actually, Cleveland lost 23-20, to but they did cover their 6.5-point spread in the process. So if you were a Cleveland plus 6.5 better, you are happy. Uh, but as our buddy, uh, Mr. Rockin Warpig says Ravens and New England both on the under and both to win. Indeed, sir uh, or ma'am, the Baltimore Ravens did win, and this definitely was on the under. Uh, but you know, this was not without its uh, its I guess stressors for the Ravens too, because they could not necessarily put Cleveland away, uh, and in fact, barely won themselves. It seems to be a common theme with this uh, Baltimore Ravens team where they get up and they just can't put teams away and they got to hold on for dear life, block the field goal late. But it was, it's just the same old thing with the Ravens right now. They're finding ways to win, but when they run into good teams, they, they're, they're not beating them right now. With They're, they're struggling. Um, for the Ravens, though, a positive, Gus Edwards was back, and he was good. 16 carries, 66 yards, two touchdowns. Lamar was good on the ground, 60 yards of carry, so – finally starting to get the running game going a little bit with what we're uh, used to with the Baltimore Ravens. Well, one thing Lamar is not doing right now and passing the ball, passing it well, nine completions in this game, 120 yards through the air. On the flip side, Jacoby Brissett, 22 of 27, 258, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but still. Uh, in fact, Jacoby Brissett, I actually gave out the Jacoby Brissett over, what was it, 218 and a half uh, passing yards on the prop cast because I knew this was going to be a situation where Jacoby Brissett was going to have to throw the ball, uh, even against this tough Ravens defense. And I thought 218 was a little low. Uh, turns out I was right, but boy, I'm glad I didn't give that on the other side for Lamar Jackson, who just 120 yards. Did he play quarterback or did he play running back in this game? That's what I want to know. Uh, he played both for, <laughs> for those uh, for those Ravens, like you said. He was uh, not much of a passing attack for the Ravens, so 
But hey, you know what? They find a way to win and they're moving on. They are four and three and they got a big time Thursday night game where they're going to go south to Tampa Bay. Winning is all that matters in the end, right? I mean, really, that's all there is to it. So uh, yes. you can't really get anything there. All right. So the over under on this one was at 46. The under definitely hit here. But again, the, the, the story now is as Cleveland rolls to two and five, Baltimore four and three, this Cleveland team, they're about to get, uh, uh, well, are they now? That's the question. <laughs> will, will Jacoby Brissett still be the quarterback here in a couple of weeks? That's the question. No, once Deshaun Watson's back, they're going back. So what do they got? They're nine games in or seven games in. So they got to write the ship for just four more games before they get their franchise quarterback back for that Houston game, which mm. is, of course, of course, Deshaun Watson's coming back and they're going down to the Houston Texans. Yeah. Of course, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, one person that is going to be around, but we know of for sure is Nick Chubb. Finds the end zone again. 16 carries, 91 yards. Uh, yeah. Death taxes and Chubb scoring touchdowns. I think that's that's what a better <laughs> loves to see. So, all right. Yeah, I mean, look, Baltimore is Baltimore. They're going to continue to do well, and, you know, they'll struggle against the good teams, and they'll struggle against the bad teams, and they'll maybe end up winning. So, speaking of struggling against bad teams, whoo, doggy, let's move to the Carolina Panthers beating huh. your, your dog of the week, my friend, and rightfully called, uh, okay, so, obviously, Carolina beating Tampa Bay 21-3. How pissed are you, if you are Tom Brady, that you decided that, yes, one more season was good enough, and now you're 3-4, and four, and you just lost to one of the worst teams in the world that traded away all their good players, and you lost 21-3. How pissed are you right now? Uh, pissed off would be a nice way of putting it for for Carolina. This was that classic. We got a bunch of backups that, hey, we're not complete bums and we're going to pop up for one game and play our asses off. And, and they did so. I mean, Mike Evans drops a bad, a bad. I don't know how to describe it. Like the, the fact that he didn't catch that ball to start the game. It set the tone for the whole entire day. P.J. Walker was really good in this game, 16-22 to 22 for 180 and two touchdowns. And then Dante Foreman on the ground, 15 carries, 118. To keep it simple, they beat the shit out of the Buccaneers. There's no other way to put it. Like, this wasn't this wasn't close. And, I mean, they outperformed the spread by 29 points. This was embarrassing for Tampa Bay. It was absolutely bad. And there was just nothing you could you could rest your head on at all for, for the – uh, Buccaneers, and you're right. That drop by Mike Evans was probably one of the worst I've ever seen. And and so when you right in his hands, <laughs> I mean, you don't see Evans drop that too many times. I, like I'm that speechless to the fact where I don't even know what to say about the fact that he dropped that pass because fantasy managers drafted him because he catches those passes. But this yeah. is a microcosm of the headspace of of where your top player. The guy, the marquee guy that said, I'm going, I'm leaving the game and now I'm coming back, right? He is conflicted. Therefore, the rest of the team feels that anxiety and that confliction and that frustration. And it, it just, it goes onto the field. As much as you say that it doesn't, and these guys are professionals and that they leave their, pro, their private lives at home. No, they don't. Emotions drive your performance. And if you are anxious, if you are, your head's not in the game, it translates to the field. That's what we're watching in Tampa Bay right now. Literally what we're watching in Tampa Bay is everybody distracted because of off-field stuff, because of on-field stuff, because they're just distracted. And what should have been a Super Bowl run is now you're holding on for dear life as you watch the Eagles, the Giants, <laughs> and, and teams like that start to fly away from you and, and kind of leave you in the dust, right? And and now you're thinking to yourself, can I keep up with the Cowboys? Can I keep up with the Eagles? Instead of, we got Tom Brady. We're a lock for the next Super Bowl. If you want glass half full in Tampa, I guess you're still in first place because the NFC South is that bad. How about the Panthers went from unanimous number one pick in the draft to one week later just being one game out of first place in that NFC South with the beatdown of Tampa Bay? No, you hit the nail on the head, Rod. I've never seen a guy go be so all in his whole career to so all out. He's mentally not there. It's clear. I mean, 
he his body language is awful right now in, in Tampa Bay. And I'm not going to be the guy to say he's done, Tampa's done, because I saw Trent Dilfer do this just seven, eight years ago on Monday Night Football, saying, oh, Tom Brady and the Patriots aren't good anymore. But that was eight years ago now, and maybe finally he's hitting Father Tom. Father Father Tom is hitting Father Time. Does it make sense? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of fathers in there. <laughs> Father Time's got a bruise now from as much time as Tom is hitting him. But, you know, look, when we talk about what's, what's going to happen with this Tampa Bay team, this is gut check. I think losing to the yep. Panthers is the biggest gut check that you can get at this point, and especially for Tom Brady, because uh, so many people piling on that guy. I, I'm not going to pile on. All I'm going to say is that it makes you rethink your entire set of life decisions when you suffer something like this, right? Do you now yes. go forward as a gladiator and say, all right, I basically almost wrecked my entire life, if not completely wrecked my entire life, for this one chance? What is it going to be in the end? Like, what's the end game? Am I going to have thrown it away for nothing? Or am I going to go back out there and, and run the table and make this worth everything I gave up for this? Yeah, no, I mean, you're absolutely right. And it, like like you said, no, I don't want to pile on a guy that's got personal issues going on right now, but I can criticize. We can all look at it and criticize from a fair standpoint that he's not playing well enough. His teammates aren't playing well enough. And they miss Bruce Arians. I, I think that's pretty clear, too. I mean, if you could go back in time and give coach of the year to Bruce Arians last year, I think you might deserve it with how bad they are without him right now yeah it's it's clear that something needs to change and I got I don't want to I would not want to be a fly I'm anxious when I hear other people yell at other people let alone people yelling at me so like I don't want to listen to that kind of nonsense I'll let them fire themselves up and I'll stay out of the locker room in this one but I, you got to think that there's going to be a lot of heated discussions starting even today I'm sure in 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 the locker room in in zoom meetings or whatever no doubt. Hey, and I mean, we saw it yesterday how bad they were. They were coming off an embarrassing loss at the Steelers before that, too. So it's not like they were coming off a big time win over the Chiefs or Bills and they just had a letdown. No, this was a supposed to be a get right spot and figure out a way, get back on track. And it was the opposite of that. And the fact that they're underdogs at home against Baltimore, Tom Brady's never a dog at home. He's, I mean, unless he's playing like the Chiefs or Bills with one of these elite teams, for him to be an underdog to the Ravens, who are also struggling, tells you everything you need to know about where the booksmakers, Vegas, everybody thinks of these Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. And it's not good. <laughs> not good at all. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll continue down the slate when we come back from the break, but let's step away and tell you about No House Advantage. It's changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. You can play Pick'em versus other people for the shot at winning $250,000 or more in cash. Go download the app, select a contest, and of course, pick your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every single day you can also test your skills against the house in 20 times your money if you hit every single one of your picks bet up to five players overs and unders and of course individual player matchups across every major sports including nfl nba mlb pga mma and nascar sign up now with the promo code sgpn at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the sgpn stores to get a first deposit match up to 25 dollars go make sure to check out no house advantage today experience daily fan Fantasy Sports Redefined, because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. All right, let's move on to another veteran that, look, when you talk about body language being everything, all you have to do is watch one clip from Aaron Rodgers on Saturday, on Sunday, rather, to completely encapsulate the entirety of Green Bay's 2022 campaign and uh, I, I believe Aaron Rodgers said something about what the fudge are we doing here? I, I, I'm sorry, I don't read lips very well, but uh, I do know that he was very frustrated as your commanders, buddy. Hail, hail to the commanders. Uh, yes, yet. Uh, beat the Green Bay Packers 23 to 21, both three and four. Uh, commanders covering the four point spread in this one. But I, I told you, Ryan, when we were off offline, I'm giving you the floor. I'm giving you the floor, my friend. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you giving me the floor to uh, talk about my Washington Heineke's getting back in the wind column. Heineke was, uh, you got the full experience. He was really bad to start. To get, I think he was like two for 10 with the pick six. But then 
he does what he does and he just keeps playing. He bounces back. Clearly that locker room prefers him over Carson Wentz. Um, this team never quits under Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. Defense is playing better. And they got back to running the ball, which is what they did during their four or five game win streak last year when they, when they started playing well with Heineke, with Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. But, I mean, this is a great win for my team, and I'm glad I was on it as my lock and the money line dog, 15-1, uh, to 1, if, you, if you hadn't heard already. Um, but the big headline out of this is, what the hell is wrong with Green Bay? It, it is troublesome, I suppose, if you're a Green Bay fan. And look, we didn't even talk about the fact before the, the break that Carolina was 13-point underdogs in that game. Yes. So well, I bring that up only to say that Washington was only a four-point underdog in this game, and yet mm-hmm. we have seen Washington with Tyler Heineke. With, you know, we've seen this, this team to a Green Bay Packers team. Tampa Bay is bad, and yet they were 13-point underdog or 13-point favorites to Carolina. Washington was only four. What does that say about Green Bay? Like, that's that's really what I'm ultimately saying. What does that say about Green Bay, that they were only four-point favorites against Washington, who we've seen, I don't want to say look like Carolina, but have that potential to look bad, you know? And, and look, for yeah. you, what you, you know, what's wrong with Green Bay? Aaron Jones, eight carries, 23 yards on the day. You want to know what's wrong with Green Bay? They can't get anything going right now. A.J. Dillon, four carries, 15 yards. Why are they not running the ball? They got two really good running backs, and they have no receivers, and they can't block. They couldn't block this front all day with John Allen, Jerron Payne, and Montez Sweat, and they don't even have Chase Young yet. So, I mean, you're right. It tells you everything you need to know of what Vegas and the booksmakers think of this Packers team, that they were only laying four, and a bunch of sharp people were still all over Washington to pull the upset, and they did. If if Heineke doesn't throw the pick six, I – I mean, they might blow out Green Bay. I mean, they they total yardage, Washington ends up with 360, and, and Green Bay barely gets over 200, and a lot of it came late when they were trying to muster a comeback down two scores. Well, for Aaron Rodgers, doesn't even yeah. breach the 200-yard mark, 194 yards. I mean, he did throw two touchdowns, so, I mean, yay. But at the same time, this is not Aaron Rodgers that we're used to seeing, obviously. the the No. Well, okay, here's the thing. He's not winning NFL MVP this year. Let's just put that run out of, the, <laughs> out of it. Yeah, I think that guy in Buffalo or even the guy in Kansas City might be a little bit ahead of him right now. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking this is a year where he cannot steal the MVP from anybody else. Like, I just, I don't know. But now, okay, the, the question remains now for Green Bay. The frustration grows. Where we talked about Tom Brady, this being de- his defining game, I think, of the season. And, and quite possibly, if, if I can just, you know, throw grandeur around his career, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, ha- has he necessarily hit this point where maybe he wants to take his toys and go home at this point? I tell you what, they, it's, it's amazing how close these two are in terms of like their downfall right now. They look like the exact same team. They can't block, they can't run the ball. And their quarterbacks, although Hall of Famers, their body, like I said, their body language sucks. They look disinterested. They look one foot out the door, checked out into retirement. And it doesn't get any easier for Green Bay. They go to Buffalo on Sunday, on Sunday night football. So if you can't if you can't beat Taylor Heineke, Zach Wilson, or Dan Jones, how are you gonna beat Josh Allen in that juggernaut? I don't I this is gonna be so ugly. I mean, I don't know that Aaron Rodgers when you circle things on your calendar and you're happy about it, like that's one thing, but he's got to have this one circled on his calendar with like dislike thumbs all over it and just <laughs> straight anxiety. Please. Yeah. Please don't be a 30 point beat down. I mean, it tells you everything that they're a 10 and a half point dog as well in that game. First time Aaron Rodgers will ever be a double digit underdog. Oh my God. That's so insane. Uh, all right. And well, that might not be enough. <laughs> it may not. I mean, we, did we did early look like we didn't even think about that when the early look alike for that one, did we? Oh, we did. Yeah, yes, it's it, it's it. I got it in front of us. Oh, perfect. I, I'll read it off when we get to the end. Yeah. I love it. Okay, yeah, I great. Got us, I got us covered. Sweet. Um, all right. Over under on this one as we put a bow on this one. I, I, I just wanted to give you enough time to bask in the glory of your commanders win. Uh, it was oh, a good day, Rod. What could <laughs> I'm I sure. say? Well, for you. Uh, over <laughs> under on this one, 41 and a half. So definitely went over on this one. Uh, a Washington over which was a rare thing, but a fun thing to be had. Uh, All right, Uh let's move on to the New York football Jets. What is in the water 
in New Jersey in which both New York teams are now uh, among the best in the divisions. Five and two now the Jets as they beat the hapless and Russell Wilsonless Denver Broncos who slide to two and five. Jets were actually favored in this one, kind of no surprise. They were, but they were two and a half point favorites, so they covered the spread on this one as well. But I guess the real question now is, you you go and you bring Russell Wilson in for the opportunity to win the end of the AFC West, rather, and and you watch that start to go by the wayside, and now you lose to the Jets. How you feeling in Denver? Not good. And I mean, they got to go to London now, which is going to be something. Uh, who knows if that hamstring will be ready to go for Russ. But they, I mean, they look like the exact same team. They, you know what? It's funny. Denver's still quarterback away. I know Russ didn't play, but did anybody really think it would have been anything different if he had played? Their offense had been the same, whether it's been Russell Wilson, Rippin, last year, Bridgewater, Drew Locke. This team is bad, and they're, and they're poorly coached with Nathaniel Hackett as well. So. But uh, let, let's go over to the other side. How about those New York football Jets? Winners of four in a row. Four in a row with Zach Wilson under center. Um, unfortunately, they lost their rookie phenom, Brees Hall. So wishing him the speedy recovery in this offseason. It sounds like he's going to be out for the year. But they got a little bit of an identity as well with the Giants where they're physical, running the ball, reflection of their head coach. And to be honest with you, when you have Zach Wilson turning in a 121-yard game uh, and no touchdowns, yeah, this definitely came from defense and from rushing because there's no way that Zach Wilson is beating you, even coming back from his injuries. So, I don't know. Maybe Zach Wilson starts to look better. He may have to, depending on whether or not uh, that run game can get going. Was it Michael Carter is left in there now uh, as their running back? So, yes. um, he'll assume those roles. Not a bad one in and of his own right. He ended up being the top receiver, did Michael Carter. Two catches on two targets for 45 yards in this game. Whew, man, that it's a woofer. But look, they don't ask how, they just ask how many, right? Exactly. And, you know, I was so happy that for us, uh, for everybody listening that's following on YouTube, we got this uh, banner feature where we flashed the score. I forgot to, I'm so happy about Washington, I forgot to put up this score. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, 16-9, to nine, the Jets win. Uh, your guy Robert Saul, man, he's got that. He's got those guys believing. All you got to do is just be able to be motivated enough to keep the defense from having the offense score. Not hard with the Broncos, honestly, but uh, you know you still got to do it. And and if you do that, you don't have to score as many points. It's it's I don't know. It's not rocket science, kids. Just hold the opponents to less points than you score, and you're good to go. Right? That should be the formula every single week. What a concept. And uh, for those Jets, they got the Patriots on deck. So looking like Jets are going to be 5-2. And two. and uh, pending the results tonight, because we always record before Monday Night Football, I think the Patriots will be 4-3, and three, although J. Mark might have something different to say about his Chicago Bears. Yeah, definitely a Bears uh, and New England struggle. One of the Super Bowl rematches from way back in the day. Um, Over-under on this one was 36. Did not come anywhere near three or six, honestly. So that's not, it shouldn't have been a surprise there. 36 and you still can't get over. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, yeah, Denver is in trouble. So I'm not sure that I'm backing them anywhere in the near future at all. In fact, they may even end with just two wins on the season, depending on what happens. So uh, yep, Jets play it by ear. All right, let's talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. They hosted the Houston Texans. Houston now 1-4-1 and after losing 38-20 to to the Raiders. Obviously, the Raiders covering their 6.5 or 7.5 point, depending on where you got it, spread. Uh, but, you know, Vegas needed this. They needed to win, and they needed somebody to beat up on after all their frustrations early this season. Uh, so uh, what a good way to pick up your second win of the season by beating up on the poor Houston, Texas. This Vegas team scored 21 points in the fourth quarter, absolutely steamrolling them uh, in the final frame there. Yeah, man, and for the Texans, they're just so limited offensively. Davis Mills seems to kind of be hitting a little bit of a sophomore wall re recently. Uh, the, the Raiders just pounded the ball on the, on the ground with Josh Jacobs going 20 carries for 140, seven yards of carry, three touchdowns. So they got back to being more balanced offensively. I'm just glad Devontae Adams didn't shove a cameraman again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the cameraman is happy that he didn't get shoved by the, uh Yeah, I look, and, and for honestly, for what we thought was going to happen, 
between Carr and Adams. We've seen it. We've seen it in flashes, but we just haven't seen it consistently. And that's, I think, the, the frustrations that the, the Vegas team has definitely shown in and out the season. Now, Josh Jacobs, on the other hand, if he can continue to keep going like this, I think the Raiders can, can build a little momentum. I don't know if they've got enough to keep up with the, the more elite teams in the division, but you would think between Jacobs, between Adams, and, and Carr doing what Carr can do, they would be fine, right? And, and then uh, just what they have going for them, it's frustrating, I'm sure, for them to be 2-4. and four. Yeah, but I think their schedule is going to lighten up here. I mean, they've gone through the Chiefs, so they've already gone to the Chiefs. They've already gone to the Chargers. Looking ahead, I mean, they got to go to New Orleans this week, tricky out of conference spot. But after that, you got Jacksonville, Indy, Denver. So, I mean, maybe a spot where they can get on a little bit of a roll here and uh, get back in that playoff picture out west in the AFC. Yeah, well, they're not going to catch Kansas City, but I mean, maybe the wild card. They're not catching. No, I don't know. Yeah. Anybody's catching Kansas City at this point. I think <laughs> nobody. I, I think Kansas City still throwing touchdown passes at this point. Uh, but on the other side, for the Texans, look, Davis Mills, twenty-eight of forty-one, three hundred and two yards, two touchdowns, an interception. But the rookie, Damon Damian Pierce, twenty carries, ninety-two yards, long of twenty-two. That kid's legit, and I still won. I, in fact, I, I ultimately won. The, uh, the rookie draft in my, my new Dynasty League when I took Pierce instead of Brees Hall. Uh, and I tried to tell the guy to take Pierce. I did. Now, look, injury is, you can't predict injury, but even still, Pierce was yeah. doing better than was Brees Hall up until the last couple of weeks, really. Yeah, no, it's for Houston, it's Brees Hall or, or uh, sorry, Damian Pierce or nothing because they can't get anything going offensively. Offensive line's not very good either in pass protection. So, yeah, no, it's a team that absolutely has to run the ball, especially with Lovey Smith as their head coach. Well, when your leading receiver is your tight end and it's not Kelsey, it's yeah. not Knox, it's it's Jordan Atkins, three catches, 68 yards. Uh, I know Moonoff is not thrilled at this point with his Houston Texans, but... Uh, definitely not good. Like I said, they covered the spread. Uh, over under on this one for this game was at 45 and a half. So obviously, or 46, depending on where you got it, well over that. So that was a an over hit for this game, which I don't know how many over betters there were considering Houston and Vegas. Vegas, you know, not putting up the most points lately in Houston being Houston. So uh, lucky you if you put the over on that one. This is the NFL. Anything can happen any Sunday. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what can happen, and, and you yeah. can throw up the next score on here, and we'll, we'll all cry. To, well, I'll at least cry. Uh, it's the Kansas City Chiefs for one half, one shining half, I thought to myself, you know, I'm gonna, my brother's team is the, is the Kansas City Chiefs, by the way. So, like, you know, he's a Chiefs fan. I'm a Niner fan. He had this one circled on his calendar, and I thought, for one shining half, I thought, maybe we can get this done. And then Jimmy G throws a friggin' interception in the end zone after we get the ball back literally on the goal-to-go situation. I knew it was over at that point. So, again, uh, San Francisco came in as literally a, a point-and-a-half underdogs in some cases. There were books that were even listing Kansas City as a two-point underdog, you got to go find those books, guys. But, uh, yeah, obviously, <laughs> 44-23, Kansas City blowing out any sort of hope for a Niners cover. This was ugly, and it, I, I listened to this game on the radio as I was driving back from, uh, from Yuba City, and I was so irritated with the commentator saying explosives. Like, he was talking about explosive plays, but he was literally, every other word was, and the Kansas City Chiefs with their explosives – and they have so many explosives and expl- I was like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Kansas City, that's a good way to describe them explosive because I mean they kinda reminded people that it's the Bills one and Chiefs number two. I know sometimes in our power rankings we put the Eagles up there and I know Sean will argue, but the it's the Bills and Chiefs show right now and it's they're on a collision course to meet one more time in the AFC championship unless there's a crazy upset like Cincinnati last year. But uh, yeah, no micro tough loss for your team macro. Hey, Christian McCaffrey got him in uniform, got got his feet wet in the Bay area. So I, I like this Niners team going forward for you. I think uh, that that West should be yours. You just got, it's the same song and dance with the Niners every year. Can they stay healthy? 
It, well, and that's the biggest question, and that's why yes. that's why I had mixed feelings about McCaffrey coming to San Francisco. I wanted, I want to be happy. I want to enjoy having a playmaker yeah. like McCaffrey. But I have spent so much time over the course of my analysis of fantasy football talking about how Christian McCaffrey cannot stay on the field for the last couple of seasons that I'm scared. <laughs> Honestly, I want him yeah. to stay healthy, but I don't know that that's the case. So we'll have to hold our breath. Uh, on a day where Garoppolo throws for 300 yards and two touchdowns, you would think that would be fine. But that interception, I think, really turned the tide. Killer. That was it. That was the nail in the coffin for the Niners. We had a chance. Mm-hmm. But that interception was so costly that it reversed any good juju, no pun intended, that uh, <laughs> that we had. Because the juju was on the other side of the field, tearing it up for the Chiefs. Seven catches, 124 yards, and a touchdown for Juju Smith-Schuster. Just tearing it up. Mahomes, 423 and three touchdowns. So, I mean, that's that's where we're at as a Niners. Well, and, and like you, you being a Niners fan, you always tell me, Jimmy G is a game manager. He 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 can't make those mistakes because he's not a Josh Allen. He's not a Patrick Mahomes. He's a guy that's good when you put him in place when the rest of your roster is really good. When you got a Christian McCaffrey, when you got a Debo Samuel, when you got a uh, Kittle, and and that offensive line, then he can look really good and and distribute the ball and be that game manager. But if he's making those mistakes, you cannot make that mistake at the end of the half. That changed the whole momentum of the game, like you said. But I think uh, brighter days are ahead for your 49ers, Rod. We are not that far away from the NFC West, right? So, I mean, the, the big game next week. Big game next week. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just, it's a matter of keep yourself in the mix, especially in the NFC West this year. This is another great opportunity to be in the NFC West when everybody else is struggling as well. Uh, that you just keep yourself within, within distance, within striking distance, and you're good to go. Um, and, and you can't have George Kittle be the leading receiver. I love George Kittle, but you cannot have him be the leading receiver. Six catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown. It's got to be Debo. It's got to be Debo every single week. Um, but National, yeah. National Tight Ends Day. That, that's true. It was National Tight Ends Day, which is why <laughs> Atkins was the leading receiver. Kittle was the leading receiver. Yeah, there's, there's a, yeah. a pattern here. Uh, all right, I'm going to put this one to bed. Obviously, there's really no analysis needed for Kansas City. They're Kansas City. They're going to continue to do this and do it well. They're a juggernaut. There's yeah. no other way to describe it. And for Kansas City moving forward, they headed to the bye, get get even more healthy, and then they got Tennessee, Jacksonville coming out. So they should pad some wins here coming out. And I look for them to be the two seed in the AFC when it's all said and done behind Buffalo. Indeed. Uh, all right. Speaking of the NFC West, it was the NFC West leading. <coughs> Uh, Seattle Seahawks <laughs> now at four and three as they go to LA and beat the Los Angeles Superchargers 37 to 23. Both teams now four and three. Uh, Seattle came in as about five and a half point, four and a half point underdogs in some cases. Uh, obviously, they covered that spread. <sighs> well, here's the thing, Ryan. You're Denver. You got your guy. You don't have the record. You're Seattle. You lose a future Hall of Famer. I put it in question mark because it's not up to me to cast the, the ballots. But yet you are 4-3 and three leading your division with Geno Smith. Pete Carroll's got to be just loving life right now. So on the preseason show, I gave out Pete Carroll to win Coach of the Year 50-1. to one. So I think that is a realistic ticket right now with these Seahawks playing the way they are. If they win the division, he should win coach of the year. And the FU Russell Wilson tour continues. Denver just came off a heartbreaking loss in LA. So what does Seattle do? They go in there and just beat the crap out of them. 37, 23. And the game wasn't even that close. They ran it right down their throat with Kenneth Walker, seven yards of carry. The rookie was phenomenal. Geno Smith continues to roll and be the better quarterback between him and Russell Wilson. Yeah, no, I mean, there's no, they, and then for the Chargers, man, this is another head-scratching loss. Like, you come off the big Monday night win, and we've seen this so much in the Brandon Staley era where they just lay an egg. It's bad. And Austin Eckler being the leading rusher and receiver on this team, somebody else has to start getting involved. Obviously, we know Mike Evans was not in the mix. Or Mike Evans. <laughs> Callback. Uh, <Yeah>. Mike Williams <laughs> was not in the mix for for L.A., but... 
I mean, look, there's got to be somebody else, right? I mean, Austin Eckler cannot be the end-all, be-all of your offense at all every single week. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's the same song and dance with the Chargers. I mean, they're heading into the bye, so maybe they can get some things figured out. But it's just it's it's nonstop inconsistency. I mean, it's they they can they can never put wins together. They're four and three, and they should be way better than four and three because who who have they lost to? They've lost to Seattle at home in a blowout fashion. They got blown out by Jacksonville at home, and I guess they also lost to the Chiefs. So that's not a bad loss. But they've been playing with fire. They had three straight one possession wins with the Texans, Browns, and Broncos before this. This team, I, I mean, they might be able to be a wild card team, but I can't see them doing anything or making some noise come playoff time. You cannot put them in the elite category at this point. You can't put no. them with the Bills. You can't put them with the Chiefs. You know, at, at this point, you may not even be able to put them uh, with the Jets. So it's just a matter of you know where where are you going to rank the Chargers? And it's and it's it sounds silly to say, but you just look at what's happening right now, and the Jets are on fire. So yeah. Hey, and shout out to you, Rod. We do our NFL. You guys see our NFL power rankings that come out every Wednesday that we tweet out. We do a composite of the seven hosts, co-hosts. Rod was the only one that had those Seattle Seahawks in his top 10 this week. So you were ahead of the curve. They are going to be in the top 10 this week, headed into week number eight. As much as it pained me to do it, I had to take away my my bias toward them and, and put They've them in there. earned it. Yeah, yeah. And Geno Smith, I mean, look, 210, two touchdowns. Didn't need to do much with Kenneth Walker going crazy for 168 yards, like you said, and two touchdowns. So, yeah, watch out for Seattle. They're definitely uh, uh, a force to be reckoned with as much as I'm about to puke for saying that. Uh, the over-under on this <laughs> one was 51 and a half. Uh, obviously got there, so over-betters were happy as well. All right, let's move on to the Sunday night game. <sighs> Ryan, this one fooled us all in that we thought we were going to be in for a much more explosive, and there's that word, uh, game than we were actually ended with. Uh, Miami winning against Pittsburgh 16-10. to Tua returns. Uh, but again, this was a game that started off with some fireworks and petered out after that. 13 points in the first quarter from Miami. 16 total. And then that was it. No scoring in the, in the second half at all as both defenses decided they wanted to figure out how to play football uh, for a change. But yeah, this was a, a very frustrating loss for Pittsburgh as uh, three interceptions for Kenny Pickett basically sealed the deal. And yet, Ryan, they were still in the mix. Yeah, and I have a bone to pick with Mike McDaniel. Take the three points. What? What? Like they and they always chalk it up to analytics. That's not analytics. Like there, what? What math equation is? Hey, we're up six late in the third quarter. We kick this, we go up nine. Last time I checked, nine points is a two-possession game. Take the three, go up two scores. Pittsburgh's offense is struggling with Kenny Pickett at quarterback. He's a rookie. Trust your defense, you win the game. Instead, he goes for it. It wasn't even fourth and inches. He goes for it on fourth and three, and it wasn't even close. Like I, I just, I think it's always a bailout to say this is the analytics. No, I think it's just bad coaching. It was very frustrating to see because you know when you have points, especially in the NFL, you just got to take them. Like, I get I get it. And I'm a big guy. Like, I watch Army football. So I know that going for yeah. it on, like, fourth and two, fourth and, and three, that's what they do. But then again, they have the manpower. They, they practice the, the every single week how to get those three yards, how to get those two yards, how to get those one yards. You know, if you're an NFL team, I don't think you spend a lot of time on how to convert on a fourth and one. And and as a, as a Canadian football fan, it's the same thing. Fourth and one, fourth and two, you're, you're going to go for it, you know, because you've built in that type of play. Miami didn't have that. They should have just kicked the three, been fine, and you're right, now go up by nine points. And they didn't even get there anyway, so lucky on them. But, you know, should, should Pittsburgh have found a way down the field and actually scored on one of those drives that, that Pickett turned it over? You're singing yeah. a different song. No, they got bailed out, or Mike McDaniel got bailed out that they had the legal formation on uh, what was it, third and eight or third and short. If they get that, I think Pittsburgh's going to score and win the game. But um, yeah, Miami survives, I guess. Uh, it was good to see Tua back out there after all the drama of, over these last couple weeks. He looked good, fast start. But my, I got concerns about Miami going forward. Man, I, I'm I'm not buying in on this team. 
or would, Mike McDaniel as a coach. It just it it leaves you questioning a lot of things because Tua came back, like you said, two sixty one and a touchdown. Great. Raheem Mostert actually looked really good. Sixteen carries, seventy nine yards. He should have been he should have been getting the ball way more. Honestly, the, with as many times as yeah. he was touching it and getting ten yards, eleven yards, a cat, and you know, uh, Jalen Waddle four catches, eighty eight yards on the day. Uh, Tyreek Hill didn't even get there. Uh, he he caught a few good passes, but after that, it was sort of quiet for him. But uh, just barely missed on a few too. Really, honestly, that's that's kind of where that was. Yeah, no, it's uh, for Pittsburgh, like you said. Um, it's it's the Pickett show right now, so they got to see what they got with Pickett going forward as a rookie quarterback. Struggled three interceptions, but brighter days ahead. He showed some competitive grit, I thought. Um, from here, they got to go to Philly, so it'll be a hell of a test for for that rookie quarterback. Oh, that's going to be crazy. So, um, all right, well, let's go ahead and put a bow in that. I mean, again, it's it's Miami. They're going to probably uh, just get a little better each and every week uh, now that two is back and and Pittsburgh. They're going to have to get Kenny Pickett settled down if they're going to go with him for sure. Uh, and they're just going to have to eat whatever happens, whether it's him losing games by interceptions or him getting better. It, I guess it's all on him now. Uh, so they're just going to have to live with the consequences, right? Yes, agreed. No, you got to find out if he's your guy. That's that's your number one goal in Pittsburgh this year. Find out if Kenny Pickett is your franchise quarterback. This is it. This is where you figure out whether or not you spent the, the draft pick in the right place. So, um, All right. Let's get to it. Let's get to the favorite part, everybody's favorite part of the show, and that is, of course, the early look ahead. As we look ahead to week nine in the NFL at some of these early lines that we're finding, again, folks, you can find all of these odds and then some on oddstrader.com. So go to oddstrader.com, select the NFL tab. There is a little calendar over here on the right-hand side. Click on it. It'll give you each NFL week. And then, of course, click on week nine. Follow along with us as we look at some of these lines for week nine and then jump on them right you can go to your book and, j- and bet on them so that's the glorious part of this and ryan how do we do uh, a couple of weeks ago looking ahead to week eight very well uh, i'll read off we gave out six just last monday and there is a lot of line movement a lot of injury reports coming out so we beat the number jacksonville was plus six and a half when we grabbed it they are now favored by three and a half against uh denver in london so what 10 points of value there Atlanta, a one-and-a-half-point dog against Carolina. Even after Carolina wins, Atlanta's up to a five-point favorite, so that's a touchdown of value. Minnesota last week we gave out as a one-point favorite over Arizona at home. They're up to minus three-and-a-half, so about a field goal. That's our smallest one. Philadelphia, minus three-and-a-half against Pittsburgh. They're up to a minus ten-and-a-half now, so a whole touchdown of value. Your San Francisco 49ers, Rod, were plus four-and-a-half last week against the Rams. They are going to be going off as a minus one and a half now against those uh, L.A. Rams. And then, of course, we touched on it with Green Bay. We grabbed Buffalo minus a four, and they're up to minus ten and a half. So, what, three, exam- three, four examples where we grabbed a touchdown of value. So, yes, this early look ahead is crucial. I know you, it, it takes patience to have your money tied up for over a week, but, hey, it's going to benefit in the long run. It's called an investment. It's not instant gratification, folks. We are teaching you investment strategies in order to get you right over the hump. So uh, I love it. All right, Ryan. Well, then I'm going to toss the floor to you. We usually give about two two look-aheads apiece uh, uh, as we look at the Lions. What's standing out to you? Other than our weekly reminder, Atlanta's going to cover. <laughs> hey, yeah, hey, well, exactly. It's a good time to take them off a of bounce back with their one loss. I'm going to go to New England right away. I know they haven't played tonight. But the fact that they're a pick them currently with Indianapolis at home, they're going to go off at at least four or five, eight, maybe even up, probably up to six or seven points favored, especially with Sam Ellinger, Mac Jones back. I will grab New England, and I know it'll be closer to a touchdown once that game kicks off November the 6th. I like that. Um, and just just for your guys' edification, uh, I know Cody and I do this a lot on the NASCAR Gambling Podcast where we weekly reminder to play Kevin Harvick in a DFS or do something like that. Your weekly reminder that Atlanta is now at plus seven right now against the Chargers. That is where they sit. So uh, I don't see that number staying there. Uh, as we yep. move on. So you might want to grab them as plus seven and a half point underdogs right now because uh, that line's going to move somewhere. Uh, I, I, so that's your weekly reminder about the Falcons. So let me move on to my first one. And we're actually going to go on the other side of this this Monday night matchup, and that's Chicago. They are right now three-point underdogs to the Miami Dolphins. I, after tonight's game, 
I feel like they're going to be bigger underdogs. So, uh, uh, or, you know, Miami, if you want to grab Miami now at minus three uh, before it goes up to like minus six or even minus seven, uh, that's that's where it's going to be at. So make sure you get them at the smaller end of this uh, for it. Yeah, no, I like that one. Another one I like and I is going to be Thursday night. I know they're going on the road, but Philadelphia is laying only five and a half in Houston. I think that thing closes Ten and a half, or right around ten. So I'll grab the Eagles right now at minus five and a half, thinking that that thing is going to uh, skyrocket over a touchdown come kickoff. Here's one that I don't know if they didn't touch it after the last time, or after after this Sunday, or not. But the Seattle Seahawks are seven yes. point underdogs to the Arizona Cardinals. If you do not grab this line now. Uh, I do not know what you're doing listening to this show. I cannot believe that they are set. Look, I get it, but we just talked about how Seattle is going to be trouble, and they are a touchdown underdog to the Cardinals right now after an emotional win this last week. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And one more I like, I, I'm going to take the Bengals minus seven against Carolina at home. I know Carolina just won a game. That thing's going to be in the double digits by the time we get there. Carolina, they got their one-hit wonder, so give me the Bengals minus seven. And again, remember, these are week nine look ahead. So we still have all of week eight left to play to shift these lines. And, and Ryan just said it as we walked into this, uh, this segment as far as how much these lines, have, about a touchdown per line that we've talked about. So, you know, you've got to find the value now. And, and like Ryan said, if you don't mind tying up your money and investing in your week 10 uh, wallet, then these are, these are the lines you're going to get. Because, uh, again, as far as how, how they cover, you know, it's it's – value and it's all there for you so we're just trying to give you an early look ahead to to be able to find the value now versus if you wait a week and then now all of a sudden here you're looking at you know a a not so favorable line as you would have if you would have jumped on it now yes yep no it's like you said get ahead of it while you can and grab grab the value indeed uh all right well that's it that's the show folks this is the first time that we've gone live so Appreciate you guys hanging with us live. Uh, it's a weird thing because I don't necessarily do a lot of live shows. So if you see me looking around, it's because I got 15 screens in front of me that I'm trying <laughs> to bank around and bounce in. And then remember that you guys are still watching. So uh, thanks for hanging with us. And, of course, Ryan, uh, as always, buddy, this has been a great Monday. Yes, it has. And for everybody that's listening and wants, wants to know what our schedule is, Rod and I will do the week previous week recap every single Monday at about – Five o'clock Eastern, uh, two o'clock out out his time on the Pacific. So plan accordingly. We're going to aim right around there, and we'll give you obviously we'll put in the Discord. So hop in there to get the notifications, and we'll also tweet out when we'll be going live as well. Yep, we will jump on Monday before the the NFL games on on uh, you know Monday Night Football because we know you want to watch the games too. So by all means, uh, watch us, then go watch the actual Monday Night game and, and have some fun. So. Uh, all right, Ryan, as we wrap things up, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media? You guys can find me on Twitter at Moneyline underscore Mac. Hopefully, uh, give me a follow because gave out that 15 to 1 dog parlay. So I'll be giving out uh, Moneyline parlays each week. So hopefully we can hit another one together. Indeed. It's so much fun. Like, I, I love the it's SGPN. Fun. We are just so coming into stride right now with everything we got going on. It's it's insane. And once again, for those of you listening right now as the podcast Thank you so much for listening. As always, we love you. You are our first love. So uh, we appreciate everything you have done for us to keep us uh, just moving and climbing in the rankings in the SGPN. Follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. There's a link in my bio to everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's a sportsbook review, or whether it's in between media. Find it all in the link in my bio. For Rod, for myself, for everybody here at the SGPN, thanks for listening. Hang with us as uh, we go through the rest of this week. And of course... We'll see you next week. Have some fun. Let it ride.